Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Bryce Henson, CEO of FitBody Bootcamp. And if you want to build better relationships, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Build Your Network podcast. Bryce, thanks so much for joining me on today's show. Eric, super excited to, to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to chat with you. And I, I we, we like taking these conversations back to the beginning. Um, and I know you talk about in other interviews, grew up in the Midwest, uh, graduated from the University of Michigan. What was the diploma that you had? What was the degree that you originally got? Was it anything that indicated the, the path you're on now? Uh, well, great question, and I will make a small adjust or a big adjustment there. I went to Michigan State <laughs> University, not to be confused, the University of Michigan, gotcha, gotcha. Which, which sometimes it's uh, common, but I'm a proud Spartan at heart. To answer your question, Eric, uh, what I went to school for very loosely has anything actually to do with what I'm doing here today uh, in the fitness industry, being the CEO of Fibody Bootcamp. Um, I got into school originally, I wanted to be a pharmacist, and the only reason I wanted to be, you know, study pharmacology was my mom's best friend's husband 
husband was a very successful uh, pharmacy or pharmacology, um, or I guess pharmacist is the right term for it, uh, but oversee, uh, uh, oversaw a lot of, um, of a very big chain, a lot of pharmacies. And he did very well uh, financially. And I've always had the interest of being very successful in terms of business and entrepreneurship. So I thought that was my initial uh, go-to, but uh, I jumped into Michigan State my first year and I did chemistry, biology, all the baseline requirements um, to do a pre-pharmacology degree. And uh, I passed, I will have your audience know I did pass, but it wasn't pretty. And I very quickly realized that, okay, um, I probably want to explore business, um, sales, marketing, and ended up landing in advertising. Um, so that's what I got my degree in, uh, but ultimately came to California, started in a sales position. And that's actually what led me to where I'm at today. Yeah. So headed to California, was that purely just to explore more opportunity or did you have a certain job position that opened up that, that drew you out that direction? Uh, well, it's both actually. And you mentioned the Midwest, which is definitely how I identify. But the first 10 years of my life, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm. And um, at the time, it was a tragedy, but it was actually a blessing, but it was disguised as a tragedy. My parents split. Uh, my father was an alcoholic, a gambleholic, uh, addiction to drugs. So uh, my mom, thankfully, by the grace of God, got out of, got us out of that mess and moved to Michigan. But I think subconsciously, I, I like the warm weather. So I went kicking and screaming to the north. Uh, where winters are very harsh. Uh, So I think when I graduated from college, actually the summer before I graduated, I was subconsciously looking for an opportunity for a warmer climate. I've always, you know, dreamt of California, took a road trip out there when I was uh, my sophomore year um, of college. And uh, just by uh, a fortuitous situation, I landed an internship in LA, uh, which then uh, before I graduated school, which then ended up um, turning into a full-time job. So I actually had acquired that position a few months after I graduated and actually through the power of networking, the the CEO of a company called Dream Careers, which is this career development program, which placed me in an advertising internship in LA, which I referred to. Um, I got to meet Eric and really be uh, become a friend and really a mentee. And he taught me a lot during the course of the summer. And it was just a fortuitous situation where his company was growing and it was a small company at the time. So there's about 50 students enrolled in the program. So I had the opportunity to kind of stand out, get to know him, connect with him. And actually, you know, be based off my networking ability that summer is what pulled me out to LA and actually created a full-time sales position or a job offer, which then I took, you know, a few months after, a few months after graduating. Did did that feel like a better fit than pursuing being a pharmacist? Did you feel, or, or did you still feel like you were kind of wandering, trying to figure out what your path was supposed to be? Well, at that point, if I'm being honest with you, Eric, I was still wondering kind of what my path was supposed to be. I knew the pharmacology play wasn't in the cards, um, and I figured that out within the first you know six months of school. Right. Um, but when I I interned in LA in a, for a company called Shiat Day, which is a large advertising agency, actually the creative director of the agency created the Energizer Bunny um, among wow. the iPod commercials back in two, the early 2000s. So very very successful experience and actually tutelage in, in, within that firm. I wasn't necessarily sold on advertising, but I, again, I, I enrolled in this career development program was called dream careers. And, uh, the, the owner of the company basically offered me a role and it was different than advertising, but it was a sales role. And to your point, I was still kind of figuring out my footing. He offered me a decent salary in Southern California away from the cold. And, and I took it. And I think the first few years of that experience really kind of gave me insight to sales and persuasion and connecting um, and business acumen. So that's kind of when, when I started kind of developing, you know, my interest within the business world, but to answer your direct question, no, I mean, when I got that job, it was a great opportunity, but I still was trying to figure it out. And I guess to some extent I still am. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious because there's probably people listening and I think it's, you know, the self-discovery I think is important and trying to figure out what you're in alignment with and what you believe and, and those core values. But, you know, there's also something to be said about taking action, even though you're completely unsure of, you know, what the ultimate goal is. Now, what would you say to our audience who maybe they've been spending a lot of time navel gazing, trying to figure out, hey, you know, what am I supposed to do? What's the meaning of my direction? What level of time should you allot to spend on that versus just taking action and testing out a lot of different directions? I think 25% gazing, and I'm a visionary, so I like to kind of think and contemplate and, and strategize and kind of what that next step is. But Eric, at the end of the day, there's no feedback in terms of vision and creativity. The only way you're actually going to learn is if you take action, because when you take action, uh, hopefully it's the right decision. But even if it's not, you're going to know relatively soon that, okay, this wasn't actually the path. And then you can course correct. So for me, I like to spend a quarter of my time kind of vision strategizing, but really 75% of my time in action, because that's where the feedback is given. And that's actually where I can get a better understanding of really the ultimate destination I'm looking for. And importantly, that's where you get to make money to support the navel gazing. <laughs> so um, there you I, go. I, I'm kind of curious. You took a really massive, uh, unique action moving to South America. What kind of prompted that move, and what did you learn from that experience? Eric, man, I really appreciate you. You are well studied <laughs> on this interview. Got to do it. Uh, let's. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So when I moved from the Midwest to, to Southern California, I kind of made that transition. I started. Uh, career and I actually had a very successful sales career for the first eight years. Actually, let me let me rephrase this: the first year was mediocre at best. Uh, then actually, I was introduced to fitness, which actually changed my life. And yeah. in year two uh, is when really my sales acumen began. And of course, just a little bit more experience, it became more confident, more energetic, enthusiastic, etc. And right about that time, um, you know, where my sales uh, career was really taking off because of fitness that foundation, um, the company I, I referenced, I work for, had a very lenient vacation policy. So two months of the year, we actually got time off. And wow. a colleague in my company, um, who I'm still very close friends with today, spent half his life uh, in his youth in London, the other in Paris. So he sounds French, uh, but he also sounds English. And that really impressed me. So we ended up starting kind of traveling, going to Europe and Asia, and we landed on South America. And I think in my travels in the first few years, it was really impressive to me, especially meeting my buddy, Stefan, who could speak two languages fluently and natively. I also grew grew up loving uh, Kobe Bryant. And I've, I always thought it was really interesting and really unique and, and cool, for lack of a better term, that he grew up six years of his life in Italy. So mm -hmm. he could speak fluent Italian. And after the interview or the game, all the American press would interview him, but the Italian press would be, wait till the very end. And they'd also interview him in, and he would respond in fluent Italian, which I thought was really cool. So I, I think I think kind of through that, you know, traveling and exposure and kind of having role model like Kobe and my buddy Stefan, I kind of planted in the back of my mind that I wanted to uh, live in a different country and learn a different language. Um, so when the opportunity came where I visited Brazil, Rio de Janeiro in the, in the Christmas uh, season of 2008, um, I kind of already had this foundation of where my mind was, but I didn't really know what country or what language I wanted to learn until I uh, you know, showed up in Rio and it was just kind of love at first sight. So from that sense of inspiration, um, I just kind of, uh, again, wanted to take action, develop myself, put myself in a very uncomfortable, but very valuable situation. And that's kind of how really that what led me to, to moving to Brazil, even though strategically, or at least on the surface level, I should say, it made no sense. And my family and friends were scratching 
question in their head being like, Bryce, what are you doing and why? So, Right, right. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about your takeaways from that experience, but I want to go back to what you said. You said your first year of sales was mediocre, and then you talk about discovering fitness. Do you think it was do you think it was just the mindset shift that came with getting really involved in fitness? Like, what do you think it was about that that kind of made stuff slip into gear? Yeah, well, an incredible question. I think number one, it's the physiology. Um, when you actually, you know, become fit, uh, you feel better, you look better, um, but that's just surface level. Then you gain more confidence, enthusiasm. Uh, I started work out in the morning, so I'd have an increase of energy and especially in the sales industry. And I think Actually, it's a law of physics. Uh, I think Newton created what stays in motion um, or what uh, a body in motion stays in motion, right? Right. A body of rest stays at rest. So in the sales perspective, like there's always friction in anything. So it's just a matter of making those first handful of sale or calls. And when you make the first handful of calls, then you're inspired to take more calls and, the, and Newton's law of physics kind of takes hold. So I think a variety of things kind of like concluding uh, to really make me an exceptionally better salesman. And that's just not specific to me. I mean, it's really across the board. So a lot of times when clients say, Bryce, I can't afford to get fit. My response is you can't afford not to get fit because you're leaving money on the table because of the increased productivity that you would have for you and your company. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's like what they always say, the best time to make a sale is after you just made a sale because you've got that momentum going. You've got the, there's just something there. The, the worst time to try to make a sale is when you've not sold three times, four times in a row and you just feel burnt out and it just comes across in, in your normal day-to-day. Um, I think that's a super, super valuable insight. Uh, I, th- there's nothing perspective changing more than being outside of the country. I've gotten to travel quite a bit. You know, I've spent time living abroad. I've spent time traveling to various countries and it changes your perspective in a million different ways. You can't look at politics or business. I lived in India for a couple of months. Um, so I lived oh, wow. there right after getting married and we, we lived there, worked at an orphanage there for, for a couple of months. I've gotten to travel in Europe and South America and all over the place. And it, it just changes how you view everything. It gives you this extra context for just how you perceive the world. And what were maybe the two or three biggest takeaways that you got from getting to spend time uh, just living in a different location, different setting? Yeah, well, Eric, you're spot on. And the fact that you live in India is absolutely incredible. It's on my short list uh, because that's certainly uh, was a game-changing experience for you. Um, I think for me, I mean, you hit it, it's the perspective. Uh, so, you know, being able to to have a different perspective just makes you more valuable in the workplace, in the life place, in the professional space. Uh, so that perspective is everything. Going through challenge and struggle, and that's really with fitness or anything in life, actually builds more confidence. So uh, let's face it, you know, after the first 30 days when everything is new and exciting. Once that wore off, then the reality sunk in that I'm an island in the south of the world. I know very few people. I cannot speak the language. Um, and I'd be lying to you if I said it was easy and I didn't think about quitting. Um, but at the end of the day, that actually is what builds more grit. It builds more mental fortitude and toughness and actually creates confidence. Uh, so I think just the level of confidence that I gained from that experience, um, you know, was, was incredible. And then also, you know, uh, owning up and actually executing on a dream, um, learning a, a, a language fluently was, was to me at that 10 years ago was a thought that like, I'm not good at languages. I can't do this. This is just like out of my source of, of I guess, possibility. 
But when you execute something like that, it not only gives you confidence, but it increases your level of fulfillment exponentially. So it just makes you a better person. It makes you a more interesting person. It makes you a smarter person. It makes you a person with more perspective and it makes you a person with more grit and confidence because that's what doing hard things does for you. Right. Yeah. Doing these hard things, building up your own self, really, because building yourself, it's the most important investment you're ever going to make is, is what can you do to yourself? Coming back to the U.S. with this added perspective, doing all of this work on yourself, and then getting ready to go to that next step in life. You know, you mentioned you know you saw a lot of Facebook ads with Pedro's Cooley, in which in the fitness space you're going to start seeing those ads. They're going to start finding you. Um, what was it about his uh, brand and that franchise that really stood out to you? Uh, yeah, incredible question. I think, I mean, there's a few things. One, it, it was the right time, right place. I knew I got on his email list, I think in the beginning of 2010. So when I first started, I was exposed to him. I was interested, but it actually wasn't the right time and right place because I was just moving to Brazil. But then when Fit Body Bootcamp transitioned from a licensee program to a franchise system, and he started promoting that early 2012, that's when it really you know took hold because I knew I was coming back to California. So that's really when the right time, right place um, of the opportunity presented itself. It was also something I was very interested in the fitness space. So for me, um, I went through my own transformation as I just shared with you um, shortly after moving to California in 2007. And uh, because of a, a dear friend of mine named Adam, he introduced me to weightlifting, to circuit training, to clean eating, but more importantly, to coaching and accountability. Because Eric, I would like to tell you that I could have done it without him, but I don't know. I, I can't say that to be certain. So the fact that Fit Body Bootcamp had a coaching and accountability model, which was very, very different than the big box gym, yeah. it really made me, I guess, realize that if it worked for me, it could work for other people. Um, and then lastly, uh, you know, just being very transparent, I wanted uh, to, you know, jump into a proven model. I was very young at the time. I still am, but I was in my, you know, later mid, mid to late twenties. So I didn't have, well, I had some life experience and I had some sales experience. What I always tell people is, in my sales role, I would, you know, my job was when a call would come in or when I'm making an outbound call, it's really just to convert that person to a sale. Mm-hmm. But when you own a business, which I always had this dream of being an entrepreneur, not only do you have to convert that phone call to a sale, but you actually have to make the person call you to begin with to run the marketing. Then you got to right. run the operations and you got to run the whole, whole outfit. So I was looking for um, a model that worked and then some coaching accountability and support because at that time, I certainly didn't have it all figured out and nor that I do right now. And I'd be lying if I say I did, uh, but, uh, you know, coming a long ways and having that business acumen over 10 years of business experience is just absolutely game-changing. So I think a combination of quite a few things really um, stuck out to me and really made me take the, the leap of faith uh, into Fit Body Bootcamp back in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. It's super important. I mean, I'm, I'm 26 right now, you know, and I, I find myself in this, this realm where you want to go, you want to be idealistic and say, I want to start this new thing no one's ever heard of, and I'm going to create this. And I think sometimes there's a lot of wisdom in you know, not necessarily just going with the flow, but stepping into, like you said, a proven system, finding someone who has done it, has had success and just learning. You know, I think, I think we can all learn from, you know, like Gary Vee, when he says you're young, you know, it's true. I mean, there, there's people that want to go out and totally reinvent the wheel when sometimes you need to work with someone who's already making it work, learn from them. And you'll know when the time is right to do your own thing or to take that, that step in that, in that direction, that, that education's invaluable. Um, oh, 
totally. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you have to, you know, have vision and dream and ambition and follow your yeah. gut and your heart, but you also have to have a white belt mentality to realize you don't know what you don't know. Right. And a lot of times you need to kind of humble yourself, learn from someone who's been where you want to go. And then from there, you can actually, you know, continue to take action and execute against your dream. So completely with you, Eric. Well, you know, this show, we talk about networking, obviously, and there's there's a big jump from being a franchisee to becoming the CEO of a massive company like Fit Body Bootcamp. What was it in your relationship with Bedros coming in as a franchisee, you know, starting at that baseline level where, where people are coming to the company to building and developing that relationship to go to multiple locations to continue growing? How did that really play out? And how did you get to a position where you stood out um, in, a, in an area where a lot of people would kill to be in the position that you're in now? Uh, well, thank you. Uh, very, very nice of you to say that. Um, it's probably a loaded question. I can kind of give you some talking points, um, but it's a, a story that you know continues to evolve. Um, but first and foremost, uh, and Bedros is as well. I consider B, B one of we call him B for short. Uh, one of the most likable per, uh, people that I know. He can build rapport very quickly. He mm-hmm. likes people. Is interested in people. And I have a lot of weaknesses, but one strength of mine is I'm the same way. I'm, I'm likable. I'm interested in people. I'm curious, uh, and I just enjoy around. Uh, being around people. So I think that really helped me in my networking ability. Uh, we're also very, very similar in terms of, you know, type A, hard charge driven kind of dominant type personality. So we really, you know, mesh there a lot. We actually had a very similar, but different kind of upbringings, a lot of the same challenges and struggles that we went through. So I think there's a commonality there. Uh, I also, uh, you know, took a lot of action against this coaching for lack of better words. So, you know, again, um, many times what happens and not all, you have the high achievers in any brand um, that take massive action. And then you have the low achievers who like learn the content or at least are there for the teaching, but don't execute. Uh, So because I took action and executed and scaled to a handful of locations within a short period of time, you know, that really helped uh, the cause there. I joined uh, the Fit Body Bootcamp Mastermind Group very early on within the first month of joining as a franchisee. So that helped build the relationship and networking ability there. And then in 2017, um, which I had no vision that I would actually be working for headquarters one day, and I don't think B did either, uh, but uh, he launched uh, his high-end ticket uh, coaching program called Empire Business or Empire Mastermind. And uh, it was a $50,000 investment. And that's a lot of money for, for anyone or for most people, I should say. Um, and it was certainly a lot of money uh, to me now, but a way more amount of money to me at that period of time. Uh, but I ble- believed in myself and I believed in B that by enrolling in that mastermind, I would basically get more tools, insights, and you know connectivity and networking ability uh, to take my business to the next level. I had no idea by joining that, that would just, again, be another step, another kind of uh, foot forward to building that network, to becoming more successful, and then really uh, to getting B- to know B in a very deeper level, uh, which ultimately a year later, um, you know, resulted in him offering me uh, the vice president role, which then turned into the CEO role a few years later. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers 
agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you. That work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at Indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Yeah, there's something you mentioned there where you just said you took action on the coaching content that he was putting out and, you know, for the audience, but I'm, and, and I'm sure you would believe this, but time and time again, you know, talking with people, you know, we talk with so many people that are running these massive companies and we're, how do you, how do people stand out to you? You know, we've talked to everybody from David Meltzer to, you know, f- go down the list. And one of the consistent things that they say is, when I recommend a piece of advice and someone takes action on it, it stands out to me. That comes up time and time again. And on the flip side of that, how many times we've heard people sitting down in a position where people are always asking for advice and they'll recommend a book and they'll say, I never hear from them again. The people that stand out are the people that say, I read the book. Thanks for recommending it. Here were my three takeaways. Or you know, I went through your coaching program. There's so many people that buy coaching programs as like a hobby. Like they just buy every funnel and and book and 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 different webinar that they can buy. But you know, what are the things that you're learning? What are the things you're taking away? How are you applying it? Because coming back with that information for a coach, like that means everything. Like if someone's taking action on the advice you're giving, like that is such a quick way. And it's also a really easy way to stand out because most people won't do that. They won't do that very basic step of actually taking the action of doing it. They'll just consume, consume, consume and hold it, which doesn't help anybody. I, I don't understand the, the mentality behind it. Uh, Eric, I'm smiling ear to ear and I hate <laughs> to say it's true, but it is. And yeah. I think that's a huge, huge point. Especially um, in fitness, and, right? I mean, especially. Expe- especially <laughs> in fitness. And then right. also to another layer, and, and you're so spot on with that you know, observation, but the other layer, which I didn't actually hit my initial kind of response was networking and building relationships is certainly it's about extracting value, but you have to lead with value first. So, you know, certainly when I became a fit body owner and I joined in his initial mastermind, then a later mastermind, I was getting a lot of knowledge, et cetera. I would take action. And when I would take action, I would better my business, but because my business was part of his network that he created, it would better his business as well, because I could be a case study. So, you know, after all these, you know, uh, series of situations where I would take action, not only was I bettering my Myself and my business, but I was also bettering and adding more value to him. And really, at the end of the day, when you break down relationships and you break down networking, it's about what value can you offer. And then, of course, you will receive return. But the 
order is very important. So I think that also really constitute, uh, constituted a, a big reason why, again, I was you know, able to, to kind of climb my way up and now I'm the, the CEO of the company. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious, you mentioned you're both type A personalities and that can be a good thing to have similarity in a business, but especially with type A personalities, especially hard, you know, hard sales or really driven people. Sometimes they can just be bulls just crashing through stuff, dragging everyone behind them. And uh, I'm kind of curious, like for the two of you working so closely now, does that create any conflict? And what do you do to kind of mitigate that, those potential conflicts that can come up when both people have very set visions and a very get it done personality? Oh, Eric, man, you are an incredible interviewer. That is an amazing question, which just really shows up in business. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of truth to that. So, you know, first and foremost, while we are very, very similar and we actually went through um, the DISC profile and D, uh, which is a personality testing uh, or a famous personality test for your audience. And we, we linked up with a company called Take Flight Learning, which use or put bird analogies on each of the acronyms. So D is for, stands for dominant, but that's actually the eagle uh, characteristic or the, the animal they tie to it. So we're both Ds or, or eagles. And eagles sometimes can get combative for sure. So in, in many times, or at least sometimes in the boardrooms, if someone's like observing, you would think that, you know, we're fighting and we're going at it. Right. But really at the end of the day, that's our personality. Uh, but we, we also know that it's nothing personal. We, mm-hmm. our whole goal is to basically move the mission forward, support our franchisees, support our global clients. And there's value in healthy conflict. So healthy conflict creates friction and actually cr- uh, friction creates growth and productivity and execution. So on one hand, it's unavoidable, just as long as you both understand that there's nothing personal about it. You both have the end game in mind. You might see things a little bit differently, but healthy conflict is is, is okay. It's not only okay, but it's actually encouraged if you want to have a very successful organization. So I want to kind of start there. But then the secondary, you know, you have to know, know when to pick and choose your battles. And B is very, I mean, he also not only has a type A personality or an eagle as it pertains to take flight learning assessment and the disc profile, at the end of the day, uh, he is the, the founder of the company. He also has 10 years of business experience on me. So there's times where I just have clear insights. My feet are a little bit closer to the ground. And I know that this is the exact direction that we need to move forward on. And in that case, I'm charging hard and I'm really, you know, you know, staking my case, but there's many times where I don't know for certain, or I'm looking, you know, for additional guidance or additional Mm -hmm. feedback and also his mentorship and guidance. So many times I just have to take a step back and say, okay, B at the end of the day, it's your company. You have the experience, you're the mentor let's go. So, you know, it's, it's a little trickier. It's not as black and white as it, uh, you know, may, may seem, or at least would be ideal. Uh, but I think that's that, that secondary, you know, aspect really factors in, uh, quite heavily to the situation being successful working together. Sure. Well, before I move us into our, our rapid round here, I want to ask one more question because there's a lot of people listening to the show who, um, are starting businesses. They're hiring their first one or two employees. Maybe they're bringing on their first 10 or 11 employees. And very quickly, the vision of the person at the top, the person who has that type A drive and that clear vision for the company realizes how quickly that game of telephone down to, you know, the marketing team and to the sales team can get diluted. That message can get messed up. You have, you know, 800 open, soon to open locations for Fit Body Bootcamp. Uh, you, and, you and Bedros can sit down, come up with a clear path for the business. How do you keep that momentum going all throughout those different locations, all the different staff and team, sales, marketing, branding. How do you keep that consistent vision across the company? 
Oh, incredible question. I think first and foremost, it starts with uh, vision and communication. And a heavy aspect of leadership from my perspective is to be able to communicate, to be able to communicate and cast a vision. And I heard this actually at a franchise or a conference that I was invited to speak at about a month ago in, in Philadelphia. And a gentleman who worked under Tom Monahan for Domino's Pizza, who's an executive now, worked for under 30 years, um, had said that one of the things he learned from Tom was the fact that when you are in a CEO position, you will never believe how many times you actually have to repeat yourself. <laughs> so repetition is the mother of skill. Repetition mm -hmm. is extremely important in communication and leading an effort towards a vision. Um, so I think that's really, really you know important to start off from. And then secondarily, this is more of a tool and a takeaway, especially for your audience. And even if you're just starting, um, there's a book called Traction by Gina Wickman. And Gina Wickman created uh, what's called EOS or Entrepreneur Operating yeah. System. So that EOS system is the framework that we actually operate our business on. And it wasn't always this way. Uh, when I joined the franchise um, or uh, headquarters in 2018, it took us about six months before we started implementing EOS and we have an EOS implementer. But the tools, the resources, the accountability, the structure of the EOS uh, system has exponentially helped our business from an organizational perspective. And then you compound that with the visionary characteristics and important um, necessity to lead with communication and repetition. And that's really been the formula for our success. Yeah, we, we've just implemented EOS with our uh, with our company Guestio, and it is it's not an exaggeration to say it's life changing. It changes changed everything with how we communicate, the way we conduct meetings. Like it, it's amazing, and it's been a been a huge help with keeping that vision at the forefront because you start eliminating things really quickly. Like that's not important. <laughs> that's not a rock we need to focus on 100%. right now. Hundred um, percent. I, I'm going to move us here into our, our rapid round. I got to ask you the question we ask everybody. This is the Build Your Network podcast. Do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important and why? Uh, both are incredibly important, but I would say who you know is more important, at least start because networking is everything. And you can also learn the what from the who, because at the end of the mm -hmm. day, that's, you know, that's actually where we learn the most things through other people. So I would first start saying the who, but of course you need to learn the what in the process as well. Right. Yeah. Whenever somebody says it's the what you know, my first instinctual question is, okay, who taught you what you know? <laughs> we always end up back to the who. Um, I, let's uh, let's move here into the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Ooh. Um, kind of a loaded question can maybe a, a bit of a, a generic or a broad answer, but I'm a firm believer in swimming with the current instead of away from the current. And that's okay. when success and wealth happen. So technology is not going away anytime soon. So I would say if I was to have to shift gears from Fit Body Bootcamp at some point for whatever reason, I would explore the technology route, uh, but within my skill set of leadership and salesmanship and persuasion. Gotcha. Gotcha. If you could sit on a park bench with anybody past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Ooh, no brainer. Elon Musk. Uh, mm. This guy is my hero and he's very controversial. And I look at it from the realm of I'm a hard charging uh, free market capitalist uh, and my political views align with that. Uh, the one caveat is I am a little worried, not a little, I am worried about global warming and the fact that mm. Elon Musk has, has been able to take massive action against that with Tesla. And then just the tip of the spear, because not only one, is that a huge social human cause, um, but also two, just, you know, his business acumen, his visionary skill sets. The guy is just one of those, probably one of the, the smartest men on the planet. And he's an incredible visionary and marketer, all kind of wrapped up into this incredible world-class entrepreneur. By far, I would love to get Ben this guy's gears, uh, Ben this gentleman's ear for an hour. 
Awesome. Awesome. How do you like to learn best? Is it books, blogs, podcasts? What's your favorite way to, uh, to consume information? Ooh, um, video uh, podcasts are, would be my go-to like on YouTube, but, uh, so when I'm at home, et cetera. Uh, so visual learning is very, uh, valuable to me, but then on my commute to work, which isn't too bad, about 20 minutes, I always have an audible in. So a podcast, um, you know, uh, digesting, uh, material, uh, from an audio perspective. Gotcha. G- give me a glimpse of your morning routine. Uh, I read this quote, I think it's by Thomas Jefferson or Benjamin Franklin. And I read this 20 years ago as in college, but it went something along the lines of early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. And for your audience there, holy smokes, that's been a game changer for me far before I had any success, before, before I was wealthy, when I was literally donating plus blood plasma, when I could barely uh, you know, scrape two nickels together. Uh, so I looked at that quote and I was like, wow, I'm going to take action against that. So uh, I'm up early, but by four, uh, four o'clock, 4.15 at the absolute latest every day, uh, I'm getting a workout in um, at least a half an hour between circuit training, between my boot camps, between lifting weights and or yoga, which I did today on Wednesdays. So always uh, start with a win. And as we talked about earlier today, uh, a body in motion stays in motion, or to your point, a buyer in motion stays in motion, uh, either way you look at it. And that really kind of gets the start of the day. Um, I'm in at the office by 6.15 at the absolute latest, and I have a solid an hour and 45 minutes or upwards of two hours before my team comes in. So I basically have my GSD uh, time or getting shit done time. And uh, that way I can just basically stack some wins, get the things I need to be you know, done out of the way. Because when eight o'clock or nine o'clock comes in um, and meetings start to ha- start happening, then basically it's a crapshoot. So I need to f- focus on me first. And that really sets up my day. Yeah. I, I used to always say like, I'm not a morning person. And the last, uh, the last month or so now, um, which for me, I always, I, I used to be total freelancer. So I would work at night, like at 6 PM, I'd start working and work till early in the morning. And then just, you know, just do it again the next day. And, you know, now with a daughter and a wife and, you know, other things I'm working on, working with other people, that just isn't realistic. And I started getting up from right around five, five or six in the morning, uh, which is not near as early as you're getting up and, uh, you know, going out and it totally, Again, it's one of those things like I always heard that quote and I'd be like, yeah, it sounds like something a morning person would say. That's super annoying. But it really is having all of those wins before other people even waking up. And especially when you're working with clients or or working with other team members, being able to know like, oh, it's 10 a.m. and I've already crushed my day. Like if I stop now, I'd have a normal full day. Like that's huge. And and it gives you so much momentum going into the rest of the rest of the day. Um, so well, definitely totally. second and that. I, yeah. And I think for me too, it's interesting. Uh, I'm going to humble myself a little bit. I would definitely consider myself ambitious and driven, but I also wouldn't consider myself the smart, uh, the sharpest tool in the shed. I mean, I'm not a dumb guy, but I'm also not scorn uh, like on the Richter charts of IQ. Right. So I just look at it like this. I will outwork my competition. And if I can mm-hmm. basically get to your point, so much done by 10 o'clock. I mean, then I continue on that frame within, you know, one week I can do with what most people do in a week and a half or two weeks. And if I just continue that momentum, that's actually been the biggest separator in my success. Yeah. When you're building momentum, what's your go-to pump up song? What's the, what's the song you blast to get yourself in that, in that space? Oh, good. Great question. Um, 
I'm not a huge music guy, but I enjoy music just like the average person. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to give you a song, specific song, but two artists really just get my my blood going, which is uh, Swedish House, House Mafia. So I like uh, some electronic music, but I also like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, probably my favorite band of all time. So either of those two, if I really need to kind of get going, um, are my two go-tos. Gotcha, gotcha. What's something that you're not very good at? Uh, <laughs> uh, patience and details. Um, and, uh, I need to continue to get better, but I've also realized, um, that I need to also surround myself with people who are patient and really good at the details because at the end of the day, even though I need to continue to get better at that, uh, I'm probably not going to be better than my VP as an example, or my director of operations. So I'm going to leave, leave the details to them. And I'm going to f- focus on my zone of genius, which is typically the vision, persuasion, putting deals together, negotiation to basically push our brand forward. Gotcha. Gotcha. Last question. Where is the best place for people to connect with you online? Absolutely. Um, it would be my social media handles and my website, which is realbricehenson.com. Um, or the social media handles are Real Bryce Henson and not to be confused with fake Bryce Henson. So realbricehenson, you can find me.com or any of the social channels is the best way to connect with me. Awesome. Awesome. Bryce, thanks so much for being a great guest and thank you for giving so much value to our audience. I really appreciate it. Eric, uh, the pleasure is mine and I hope I served uh, you know you and your team really well and uh, would love to get back on at some point. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapelcom slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.